gentlemen, we have come now to the end of the road. The final show of 2023. And what a year it has been. I am Steve Dace. Welcome to the conclusion of our annual, or if you prefer, perennial, two-part end-of-the-year in-review special. Yesterday, you saw the Dace Group Roundtable. I hope you enjoyed watching and listening to that as much as we enjoyed doing it, as depressing as much of the subject matter was. A lot of that, thanks to Todd. Uh, But we are back now for another round of an airing of grievances, otherwise known as looking back at 2023. Steve Dace here with the aforementioned Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Good to see both of you. Do you have one more left in you? And I love the fact, Todd, you've got your earpiece totally dangling so that Aaron, one more time, will have to ask you to move it back. There it is. Oh, I thought you were trolling him. No. Oh, no no troll. That was not a troll. Okay, just just sloppy. Just fate. Okay. (laughs) I thought, one more time, Aaron, ask me to move my mic. Or my earpiece, yes. Are you guys ready? You got one more left in you, do you think? What do you think? For sure. Let's go. For sure? All right. We have one presenting sponsor today for our final year in review program. And fittingly, it is the fine folks at Patriot Mobile, the leaders in America's parallel economy. And Patriot Mobile wants you to know that they want to give you every chance to no longer have to give your money to mobile phone companies that hate you and the country. They are your alternative. First of all, they have a fantastic customer service team. Needed them uh, with our own family here in the last month with some internet outages and running out of data, and they were able to help us on the fly. So many great stories I've received about the outstanding customer service team at Patriot Mobile, and I've experienced those moments myself as a customer. If you want to make the switch, now is the absolute perfect time. Use the promo code FRIDAY76 when you do. Promo code FRIDAY76, and you will get a free smartphone for a limited time with the promo code FRIDAY76 at PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com, or call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. And with that, here is what we'll do here. Typically what we do for the last show of the year, reviewing the year that was, We will begin here shortly with Aaron and Todd's iteration of what they think are the top 10 stories of the year, and I will pontificate on uh, their selections. Next hour, we will go through and look at my crystal ball. It's It's a tradition on this show. Every year, we start the new year with me laying out 10 predictions for the forthcoming year. Last year, I think I had one of the most accurate crystal balls in the history of the show. I think I'm going to... We can award these like on a half point, but I want to recall last year I might have gotten like six and a half or well, seven out of ten. It was way more successful than you thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I've not even looked at this year's predictions. I went in, I went back and got them. They're up on my screen. I have not looked at them since I published them last January. So I'm going to go through these and you know uh, reminisce with you with them uh, in, in real time with you guys, so I can react alongside you guys. But I'm. I'm not feeling very optimistic given how insane this year was. I'm not. So we will do that. And then we will close. We always try to find one clip that kind of symbolizes the year or at the very least entertained us the most this year. So we will close with our video of the year as well. 
and then give our final thoughts on the year that was 2023. And with that, gentlemen, are we ready to go? Let's do it. Absolutely. Before you start going down your list of your top 10 stories, compare this year to others. How difficult was this? Todd verbalized the same thing that I I was kind of thinking, or maybe it was vice versa. I can't remember. The last two weeks have been kind of a blur. It was kind of not a very notable year. It seemed like. I mean, we didn't have trouble filling out the top 10 in my estimation, but it just didn't seem like there were too many earth-shattering events. And that, I mean, there were some, there were a, a few things. I don't know if that's testament to how strange of times we actually find ourselves in right now. And so things that 10 years ago would have been very noteworthy and top five on a top 10 list are kind of like meh now. I, I don't know what that is owing to, but uh, I thought it was kind of um, a ho-hum year, uh, all things considered. Hmm. You thought the same thing? Well, it's. I was surprised at how easy it was for me to put down the first 10. And then I was thinking, there's got to be something uh, I missed because Aaron and I both laughed. Well, we both forgot the, the um, pull-out of uh, from Afghanistan uh, that year. And it took us a little while because when it, I don't know when, when did that happen in the calendar year. August of 21. Okay, yeah. yeah and so I, so much had happened, but yeah, I guess to Aaron's point, uh, it's as existential as ever. Things have not gotten better, uh, since that time, but the main things are just the main things. It would seem we both ended up agreeing on that. And once Aaron, uh, followed through, uh, as he usually does, I give him the first, you know, 10, what I think. And then he, uh, fills in the blanks from there. I mean, it, it, it pretty much is as it was. See, I would have figured the opposite. I mean, I go back to the show we did yesterday with, with Jill and Sarah. When Jill mentioned stories like the Chinese spy balloon, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just like, any other year, that's like yeah. maybe the biggest story of the year. And I completely forgot that it took place. I, I would that, have figured it was hard to come up to narrow it down to just 10. That is the, that and uh, Damar Hamlin. Yeah, that was another one she are mentioned. The, yeah, are, are the only two things that happened yesterday that were brought up that i was like oh yeah but i think that that I, to me that happens more often mm-hmm. we that because you have so many categories that oh my gosh i can't believe i forgot that i can't and that's what's fun about it I, honestly that didn't happen that many times this this go around all right well let us begin we do these in in ascending order so they are rated 10 to 1 let's start with number 10 2023, like most years, was filled with a cornucopia of disheartening to downright depressing news. But it wasn't all bad. In spots here or there, state legislatures made progress on important issues of our day, like protecting girls' spaces in sports, banning China from buying agricultural land, and other positive things. But nowhere was positive advancement made on the spirit of the age more pronounced than on the issue of school choice. This year, 17 states either enacted or expanded school choice programs, putting students and parents ahead of teachers' unions and special interests. Iowa, Utah, Florida, Arkansas, Idaho, Indiana, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Alabama, Nebraska, Montana, Kansas, New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Louisiana, South Carolina, and Ohio were all states where students and parents have more power over where their tax dollars for education go. That's a big step forward, and it's the number 10 story of the year. 
I like starting off with a positive, particularly because it wasn't contrived. Um, this was a very positive development this year. Uh, amongst the most positive developments I thought that we had this year. And and two things about this story stands out to me if we're just making macro observations beyond just the individual uh, decisions of these states to go forward this, with this legislation. Number one, uh, the Utah governor, is it Spencer Cox? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, I think so. Okay. We, me in particular, absolutely annihilated him in 2022 when he failed to stand up against training madness and for women in his state, right? Yeah. And that was absolutely deserved. I give him credit. We had the clip of him earlier this year where he went on one of the Sunday shows talking about why he is now banning, you know, gender mutilation for kids in Utah when before he did not. And, and this is how, you know, to that. And Hey, and let me backtrack. Like I said yesterday on the roundtable, I'm at the point right now, I used to care a lot about whether people were really with us for the right reasons. At this point, we're up against so much evil that even if someone is doing the right thing for selfish or vain or craven reasons, I'm just going to take W's where I can stack them right now, frankly, you know, Um, we're... We're, we're, we're from, a, from a spiritual culture war perspective, we're storming um, the beaches of northern France at this moment. And I just don't have time with the amount of artillery aimed at us and firing simultaneously. I just don't have time to contemplate that everybody that is wearing the same uniform as me is doing this for the same reasons that I am. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Worry about that later on. Right now is not that moment for me. But I did appreciate that he had a real reason other than, oh, poop, I'm the governor of Utah and I'm screwed if, if I, you know, turn left on these cultural issues. He talked openly about, hey, I tried to give the benefit of the doubt to the system. I, I tried to, to, to see, oh, you know, OK, I mean, as a conservative, do I want to inject myself into a family's medical decisions that could be rendered problematic in, in other areas, as Glenn Beck asked me about? you know, on our post-debate special that we had here on Blaze TV a couple of weeks back. But then he, and, and, but then Governor Cox said, you know what? I realized they had no data for any of this. This was just all politicized. This was basically an extension of COVID. This was a politicized science. There was no basis to this. There was no need for any, no justification to give them any benefit of the doubt because there was no justification for any of this whatsoever other than that, that just the politicization of science. And so what that showed me is he might have actually done some homework or at least had some people around him that he listened to who did that homework on his behalf. And so, you know, if we're gonna, if we're gonna fry these people when they deserve it and i'm all for doing that then when, when they when they return from insanity and turn to sanity uh and 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 get out and leave the dark and into the light we should single them out and point that out too fair yeah the other thing and this is going to be a bit of a preview to next year's um what is next year's theme on the show is going to be that's already been determined and that'll be that'll be announced our first show back which is going to be thursday january 4th will be our first show for 2024 and per that tradition that's one of the things we'll do is announce next year's theme but um if you want a hint of what that theme will be did you notice where all of these positive changes took place on the state and local level and not um not in Washington, D.C. And I, I think moving forward, you know, we've had this conversation and our colleague Daniel Horowitz has talked about making red states red again, red communities redder. 
uh, we are we are going to have to learn how to incubate our belief system and and not fixate as often as we do and i'm i'm raising my hand i do this too so i'm i'm using the word we on purpose i'm counting myself in there okay we me too uh and maybe me first because i'm i've got a substantial platform to talk to people like you and i'm one of the you know one of the people that does this for a living that determines what a lot of people like you will be talking about all right we need to be more cognizant of not being so obsessed with the national political drama and almost it might be time to uh, almost kind of adopt what you have done with uh, soap opera for men when it comes to sports you know and and understand when Todd goes after this Todd is a huge sports guy but the major part of his entire family yep. framework okay yep. but are we talking about games for fun and are we are are we excited to see people use their god-given talents in ways that excite us and thrill us or is this like you know uh, we, are we more fixated on what goes on when they're not playing than we are what's going on in our own community schools and families. That's what you mean yes. when you say soap operas for men, right? Yes. Okay. I'm not emotionally now, tr- I'm not emotionally, you know, um, impacted by the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. It's the dra- melodrama before yeah. we even get to the field of play that I'm obsessed with. And beyond with. that, the consequences it has, has, has for what you could be Correct. doing otherwise, yes. Along those lines, we need to ask ourselves, is this soap opera for politicos in the new year, is this soap opera for politicos or is stuff that matters in real life happening here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's a question we need to be asking ourselves more often moving forward. And one other thing really quick. This this is an example of out of the darkness came a great light because early in Steve's career, I know, and in my career at the Des Moines Register, I used to drive my colleagues bonkers about this and this was way before we could have even uh, maybe they were imagining it but steve and i weren't imagining what we have now with the groomer thing and we were predicting things were going to get bad but we we were talking about this is what should happen in school districts back then steve you remember saying as much on your show why shouldn't we be able to take our money like this and we were just laughed out even by people on our own side so here in this moment, an opportunity, we can sit here around and curse the darkness all we want to, mm-hmm. or we can decide, you know what? We've been wanting to light this candle for a long time. This is the moment, and this is what happened in this case. Amen. If you want to do a, an inverse or reverse march through the institutions, where do you start? Education. And that's, yep. I just don't think you can undersell what this is, it, what this could portend exactly. if and only if yeah. we continue to stand guard and vanguard over these institutions at the local and state level. Agreed. Number nine. Number nine, corporational suicide. Let's pretend you're a marketing specialist for a multi-billion dollar company. And the company's leadership hired you for the expressed goal of committing corporate espionage and sabotage on a rival company. What's the handbook you'd follow to make sure you got that job done? Well, this year, Bud Light wrote the prologue book and epilogue on how to get that job done. Go to any tailgate at any football game over the past 20 to 30 years. Hell, go to any demolition derby or county rodeo anywhere and fly over states for the past 20 or 30 years, and you'll see the bright blue beer cans of Bud Light. It's as blue-collar as the can itself, as American as apple pie and endless wars. And yet, that brand and company suffered an enormous loss in value this year thanks to one guy. Dylan the villain Mulvaney. 
who Bud Light hired to market the beer to a younger, more progressive market. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money, too. All Bud Light ended up doing is losing nearly $400 million in revenue and tanking its parent company's stock price until, that is, late October where Bud Light announced a partnership with UFC, at which point AB InBev's stock price went back to normal. It was, was, one of the most effective conservative boycotts in history. And then to, you know, uh, be told that because a couple of people that uh, loved them some Donald Trump got bought off, that we're all just supposed to look the other way. That's kind of peak team GOP, but... Uh, what I what I think, and not knowing what else is coming on this list, because I'm going to see it for the first time alongside the audience. What what you're seeing with 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 corporate America now, as a whole, there's always exceptions. You have the Home Depot guy, you know. There's why, why is it every time we want like a, a, a you know a non-communist corporate America take, it's the Home, Home Depot, Depot guy because yeah. he's about the only guy we got left. Okay, so but so there's there's always seven thousand men in Israel. We're a long way from Lee, the Lee Iacocca era, Todd, that you and I grew up in. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So we, the reason why they always go to the Home Depot guy because he's about the only guy we have left. Okay. Um, but there's always a remnant. There are still some people that uh, are just good old fashioned. Uh, America, uh, meritorious Americans and cult and corporate America, but by and large, corporate America is is where the last great realignment has taken place. When you and I came of age politically, Erzin, corporations were openly jingoistic, openly patriotic. You know, I've mentioned this before. I urge you guys as we're getting ready to break. I did this last Christmas. You guys, can, you guys all have access to YouTube. Go on there. Go watch the commercials, the Christmas commercials from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. There's all kinds of, you know, compilations of these ads. And you're just not going to believe the stuff that you see. You're just not. It's going to look like what happened to this place. Look for yourself. Or they were openly patriotic, openly jingoistic, openly traditional. Or at the very least, we're willing to openly be from a marketing perspective. Which changed now is the is many of the people that sit in those boards of directors' offices, or at least in the high end of the administrative offices, the CEOs, the CFOs, are all products of your college culture, um, of, of, of American college culture. They're they're true believers. They are absolute true believers, and. They're not just being bullied into giving Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton some money to go away like you saw 20 years ago so that they don't get shaked down. They're just, you know, doing their payoff of the race pimps. No, they're the race pimps now. They believe in this stuff. And you can tell by the amount of money they're willing to lose doing it. Bud Light hasn't admitted anything, did anything wrong. They just bought Dana White off to, to say, get, leave him alone now. That's not an admission of anything wrong. Disney's stock price is sh- is selling has Disney has lost a decade of stock valuation here a decade I mean if 
when you and I were growing up, Todd, the SEC would have investigated a company for doing nothing about losing a, a, a decade's worth of stock valuation. Heads didn't roll. Nobody was fired. They would want to know, are you like depreciating your stock on purpose because you're involved in some scheme? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Are you a Bernie Madoff? Are you an Enron? I mean, why are you allowing your stock to do this? What's the plan? No, no one would purposefully tank their stock like this. So you must be doing this because you're running some kind of hustle here. That would get an SEC investigation not too long ago. Now we just all look the other way and say, oh, I, 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 true. you do that when you're a true believer. When, we, when I started in this business, it was, let's take all these fights to the private sector because we have a better chance of winning there. Well, look at the first two stories you guys, you guys picked. We actually did better fighting at the government level, albeit state and local, yeah. And it's at the corporate level we're just That's irrevocably a screwed. Fantastic point. I mean that is that is a paradigm shift. It's not it that's that's not that's not a court by the way that goes against my biases. Understand that. I'm not, I, I I'm from a generation of everything in the private sector is better. I I am just reacting to the reality of the ground. I on the ground. I I can't project my bi- generational biases on the moment we're in. And the moment we're in says we're screwed by and large in the private sector. Screwed. Not that we've got a lot going on in the public sector, but there's at least still some leverage there, particularly at the state and local level and in some of these red states. On the corporate level, they don't care what we think. And they actually look at our disdain the same way if you're a Christian, you look at theirs. Must be a sign I'm doing something right. I'm on the cause of light. Number eight. Number eight, Republicans are good at sound bites. By the hair of their teeth and the skin of their chin, Republicans managed to gain a majority in the House of Representatives in the aftermath of last year's midterm elections. What proceeded to follow was a year of holding the line, last stands, and battle royales as the guardians of our republic stood in the gap against a Marxist White House and a duplicitous Senate. Uh, no. What we got was multiple speaker fights, each more cringe-inducing than the last. Basically anything and everything Biden and the Senate wanted. No border security, no defunding of the alphabet agencies, and just last week, finally a meaningless impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Perhaps the biggest accomplishment of this House was the very liberal Elise Stefanik scalp of an Ivy League president during questioning about on-campus anti-Semitism. But we did get a lot of sound bites. I, I can't add much more other than what you guys put there. I mean, it, that's just... In hindsight, I really do regret actually even having this on the top 10 stories. I do. It's Is it really news that Republicans are worthless? No, but I, hear, but I think you are right to put it in the top 10 stories, and here's why. We are, we are being sold that the Republican Party is different than it was before Trump. And it's not. Now, let me draw this distinction. That does not mean that the Trump presidency wasn't different in many ways from what we saw from the two Bushes, the last two Republican presidents we had. Because it was. Pre-COVID, pre-COVID, the Trump presidency I thought was the best presidency of my lifetime since Reagan's first term. Okay? But keep in mind, though, 
that almost all of the stuff about the Trump presidency pre-COVID that we like was all stuff Trump and his administration were able to do unilaterally. For example, a president has wide latitude on foreign policy, cannot, cannot enter into formal, a formal treaty ratification without Senate approval, but, and, 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 but even when it comes to declaring war. I mean, we act like it's a new thing to deploy troops without a formal formal declaration of war. It's it's not actually, um, but presidents have pretty wide latitude when it comes to foreign policy. Which, not coincidentally, what do I think? And I've said many times was the best part of the Trump presidency. Foreign, foreign policy. Foreign policy. The stuff that Trump could do unilaterally, he did very good on. The people around him, the people that, um, you know, the, that they did well on the stuff they could do unilaterally. Anything that required the broader Republican Party to accomplish. Because remember, for, t- for the first two years of Trump's term, Republicans held majorities in both houses of Congress. Everybody forgets that. Anything that required the, bro- the co- required the, forget moving Democrats, anything that required the broader Republican Party repealing Obamacare, for example. All those things they failed on. Couldn't build a wall. They, all that failed. Uh, the, only, the only thing that they were able to do with the help of the broader Republican Party, the only two things were, one, they did do a massive tax cut, but I, I kind of feel like I uh, crediting Republicans for cutting taxes kind of feels to me like crediting your teenager for brushing their teeth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, are, we, that's kind of like a basic expectation level. I mean, if, if Republicans aren't even going to cut taxes anymore, then there literally is no point to having a Republican party. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. The other judicial appointees, and I don't just mean Supreme Courts because the record there is mixed. Gorsuch was the best of the appointees. He's a true libertarian, which means he's 100% right 75% of the time. And the other 25%, you're asking yourself, what, what, how did you possibly draw those conclusions, given the other 75% of your rulings? <laughs> All right? But at least I know what Gorsuch is going to do. Okay? He's reliable. He is intellectually consistent. Amy Coney Barrett has betrayed her own religion. I don't, I'll just put it bluntly. She's left Christians that were persecuted in religious freedom cases like Baron L. Stutzman on the side of the road, deciding against hearing their cause. Um, she has been completely vacant on any challenges to the state um, when it came to the jab or COVID. She basically exhausted all of her political capital on one ruling. And granted, it's, a, it's an important one, the overturning of Roe. But if we took Roe off the table, like if, if I took Reggie Jackson hitting three home runs in a World Series game, off, that's a pretty big accomplishment, right? Mm-hmm. If I took that off the table and said, all right, look at Reggie Jackson's career other than that one incredible event. You're still looking at a guy hit over 500 home runs mm-hmm. and is a Hall of Famer. Yes. You know what I'm saying? If I take Amy Coney Barrett's ruling on Dobbs off the table, what's the rest of her judicial career look like so far as a SCOTUS mm-hmm. judge? It's not Reggie Jackson. No, it looks like Anthony Kennedy, actually, is what it looks like. Not, it looks like she clerked for Anthony Kennedy, not Antonin Scalia. And Kavanaugh is exactly what we thought he was going to be. But we did get a lot of good federal judges elsewhere that were appointed. So other than judicial appointments and tax cuts, which are kind of the two basics for Team GOP, right? Anything else, they got nothing. 
which goes to show you the Republican Party is the same as it ever was, to quote talking heads, same as it ever was. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. McConnell just strokes out more. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's why, and, and so that's why, Aaron, I do think it, it belonged in your top 10. I'll trust my instincts next time. Okay. <laughs> um, do we have time for number seven? I believe so. All right. Number seven, Donald Trump is not the same guy. 2015 and 16, Donald Trump wanted to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. 2023, Donald Trump says he could never have done that. You know, there was no legal mechanism because I said they're going to help fund this wall, but there was no legal mechanism. You know, how do you go to a country and say, by the way, I'm building a wall, hand us a lot of money? 2015 and 16, Donald Trump said unabashedly he would appoint Supreme Court justices to overturn Roe v. Wade. He did just that, and before he did that, became the first president in history to physically attend a March for Life. 2023, Donald Trump says we need to moderate on baby killing. 2015 and 16, Donald Trump was a vigorous figure on the campaign trail, headlining multiple packed rallies every single week. 2023, Donald Trump sells NFTs from his basement. He's just not the same guy. I mean, I think that kind of speaks for itself. I mean, 2015, Donald Trump, I'll take the positions you want me to take if they'll win. 2023, Donald Trump, you take the positions I'll tell you to take if you want to win. I mean, I just, you're right, we do have time. I, I can't add anything to that. I mean, I think it kind of just speaks for itself. And, and, and I mean, you didn't touch on the jab. No. No apologies for lockdowns. Could I mean, have gone on there, for there, a long there, time. You, you, could have, you could have made that longer if you wanted to, for sure. We'll come back with the rest of our countdown of the top 10 stories of the year on our final show of the year next. The Steve Day Show. All right, back here on our final show of 2023. And we are looking back at what Todd and Aaron have determined are the top 10 stories of 2023. I believe we are on number six. Number six, indeed. Number six, Tucker Carlson's revolution. Tucker Carlson went from claiming in texts uncovered in the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News that he hated Donald Trump to doing bombshell stories on January 6th, outright disproving official narratives, to being fired by Fox, to starting his own show on Twitter, and then later his own network, to saying this about Donald Trump. I'm a total sucker for Trump. I think he's, you know, personally, I get along with Trump really well. The closer I am physically to Trump, like if I'm with him in the room, I always love Trump. And I think it's impossible not to, and you know the experience. He's just charming, okay, and, and he's yeah. funny as hell, and he's brave in his way, I think. So I really appreciate that, and I agree with fundamentally with his views. You know, maybe fewer wars, maybe have a border. Like, those are not crazy things, and I support them. And I'm appalled and terrified by the use of the DOJ to rig an election, which is... Okay. I mean, I... I have to be careful here because there's things I know here that I'm just not at liberty to say publicly. Okay. But 
I like Tucker a lot. I think he's brilliant. I think the show that he did on Fox is maybe the most important work in the history of our entire industry as a body of work. I'm appreciative of the fact he was the only one who gave me an audience on Fox primetime and he did it twice. I returned the favor by being a, a fairly significant influence in him getting invited to have major platforms here in the first in the nation caucus to state via the family leader, not once, but twice. So, you know, I, I understand, you know, um, I don't, I, I'm not a selfish lover. All right. So I, I, I repaid that, um, it's just not, it's not personal to me. I want to see him be successful. I find his content to be compelling, but I just, I have very good reasons why I don't believe it's accurate that the raid on the DOJ was a sudden radical shift to why, uh, why he loves Donald Trump now. I I don't really care if he loves Donald Trump or not. I, I just, you know, I, I just, there's some inconsistencies there, and I guess I'll just leave it at that. Next. Next. Number five, trainee terrorism. On March 27th, a 28-year-old woman who thought she was a man walked into a private Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee, loaded with multiple guns. She then proceeded to murder three staff members and three school children at the preschool through sixth grade private Covenant School before police shot and killed her. It's pretty clear what this actually was. Mentally ill woman, likely under demonic influence, who thought she was a dude, targeted her former school that she hadn't even attended for at least 15 years and meticulously planned her murder plot complete with drawn maps and a manifesto. It was an act of anti-Christian terrorism. And despite the couple of pages of her manifesto leaking a few months ago, we still have not seen the full document. Well, this is, if you go back to yesterday's show, Audrey Hale is my person of the year. Uh, what she did, the reasons why she did it, who she did it to, and then even the reaction of, of those that she terrorized. It's the perfect embodiment of, of the current spirit of the age. She, here's a woman who rejected the value she was taught. That's very symbiotic of the country that we live in now, right? Rejection of first things, of original principles embracing of insanity she did that too right that was next on the list box checked okay um i mean the ultimate denial of the reality i mean if god is god if there is a god then denying god would be the ultimate form of insanity right Mm -hmm. okay then this is just another way of saying a form of demonic influence so check that box too okay then you turn around and lash out because uh, because because God and it and the and the institutions inspired by him will not affirm you and your insanity. So you lash out against them. Any evidence for that in our culture this day and age? Check. Yeah. Obviously what she did is an extreme example, but you know, it's it's just a it's just an extreme conclusion to the vitriol and, and nastiness you see on social media regarding those traditions and institutions. Okay. Um and then um, she becomes, like her father, a murderer from the beginning. Check that box too, right? Okay. And then, of course, instead of saying, 
this can't stand and we're going to make an example out of here. So we want everything out. We want the whole world to see this evil that was done against the people of God. Instead, actually, it's that church community who is urging the police to not have that manifesto released. That a metaphor for anything in our culture this day and age? Too much so. The other side, and when I say this, I don't mean we fight like they do. That's not what I mean. But, But we fight. We have our own ways of doing so. Like shining lights of truth. The other side fights all the way for its views. We don't fight at all. I'm not suggesting we have Christians do what Audrey Hale did. You wouldn't be a Christian if you did. One of the commandments is don't commit murder. What I am suggesting is what do Christians do? Shine lights of truth. Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the darkness. Instead, expose it. There are ways we are, we are, we are told, committed, and permitted to fight. Saying we're going to just you know, slide this under the rug and not expose this to the world is not one of those ways. It's just not. And... It just enables the go, this to go on all the more. I, I mean, this story is a sad, just unbelievably tragic manifestation of the entirety of the spirit of the age. Correct. Number four? Number four. Told ya. This year started with the CDC and the FDA admitting they were looking into safety signals from the safest vaccine of all time, the COVID jab. The year ended with another batch of Pfizer jab safety data showing the FDA and CDC were aware of the fact their own reporting system for myocarditis and pericarditis were not sufficient for incidents involving the COVID jab. What happened in between was a lot of the same. At the end of the day, people like Todd and Steve and Alex Berenson told you so. I mean, the studies that are coming out here at the end of the year... Uh, we mentioned la- on uh, last Friday the Japanese peer-reviewed study that they have evidence of genetic markers and, sequ- and DNA sequences in every variant of the virus that would prove that they're actually were all man-made, every last one of them were, even the variants. I mean, there's a reason why I started this year working with Daniel to release a book calling for a new Nuremberg trial. Because if there's no justice, they will do this again. You always get the amount of tyranny that you will submit to, and you will always get all the bad and wicked and immoral behavior that you won't punish. Human beings are not basically good. When we do not punish evil, we incentivize it. There's no middle ground. When it comes to evil, we will do one or the other. We will incentivize it or we will punish it. And sadly, by not punishing it, we have incentivized it. Three more. Number three. Number three, indicted and indicted. This year, Donald Trump was in the crosshairs of corrupt Democrat actors once again, facing 91 indictments across four separate jurisdictions. 
First in New York over his family business, then in Florida over his alleged mishandling of classified documents after he left the White House, then in Georgia over his alleged plot to overturn the 2020 election results there, and finally in Washington, D.C. on charges he conspired to commit fraud against the United States in the aftermath of the 2020 election. The indictments certainly shaped the political landscape for the primaries of 2024, and that's why it's the third biggest story of 2023. It was, I mean, we did our roundtable yesterday. I, I, it, I thought it was the defining political moment of the year. And Todd, your analogy that you drew of them putting us in a Kobayashi Maru, they left us with a scenario that either we, uh, we they make us feel as if we are abandoning our, uh, our a former or even would-be current standard bearer or champion, thus letting them win. Or we, we rally behind him and try to win an election with a guy who's under 91 felony indictments who already isn't the most liked cat running for office right now, right? Yeah. And in that case, our odds aren't particularly great. That's not a great scenario, man. That's not. That's and you know, we live. And you know what? I, I can't sit here and tell you. I can't sit here and tell you that if it weren't for Ron DeSantis, I wouldn't be one of the people saying we can't let, let them do this to Trump. If the other options were Nikki Haley. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, this, Wait, is, th- this, th- this is why, unless, don't, unless, if, just don't lie. If you didn't lie, I don't care how pro-Trump you are in light of this stuff. I don't. Have we sat here all year long and gone after all these people and picked on them for staying with Trump? And st- no, we have not. I get it. it it's, I, I get it. What I don't like is the gaslighting. Don't gaslight me. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, but barring that, I understand it. And I, and I can't sit here and tell you that it would be so easy for me to point out I don't think Trump can win the general election if we didn't have a Ron DeSantis as an alternative. Because then you just leave me with people like Nikki Haley, who are proven to be not disruptors, and people like and people like Vivek Ramaswamy who are just not proven. I don't know what they are. I mean, I like a lot of what Vivek says, but he's done nothing with it, you know? So in that case, if there weren't a Ron DeSantis, who knows, dude, our show could have sounded a lot more like Charlie Kirk's this year. You know what I'm saying? I don't know the answer to that. I don't. You know? But the reason why the feelings on this are so strong is because they're entirely subjective. We're in a no-win scenario. And so... They get a W one way or the other. They either get to persecute someone who, who represented us unjustly, or they get to just persecute all of us for another four years. I, I, that's a pretty poopy scenario, man. And if, and if I look back on this year, if I could, if, if, there's, if there's any mistake here that I made, I maybe should have said, I maybe should have articulated that, that dilemma more often. I miss, but I'm competitive too. You know, want my guy to win. I think he's the better candidate. But now here at the end of the year, you start taking a step back and you start seeing the bigger picture on things. We're going to be gone for a couple of weeks and I'm going to kind of be out of the, you know, 
I can't be totally out of the battle. It's happening in my backyard. But when you said that yesterday, I thought that was a point of clarity. This is a Kobayashi Maru. There's, there's not a, it's not a great, there's not really a great answer here. There's not. Number two. Number two, Florida, as red as California is blue. Universal school choice, billions of dollars in tax cuts, banning genital mutilation in the name of gender, constitutional carry, banning social credit scores, banning China from owning property. And just last week, a Florida court says they're seeking the death penalty for a child rapist pursuant to a new Florida law. Oh, and all that happened just this year. Make America Florida. Well, I don't know if you guys intended this, but this is the perfect follow-up to what I was just saying. If this wasn't on the table as an option, I think some of you have forgotten. I just admitted what maybe I could have done better this year. I think some of you that have been angry at me the last few months could could also have admitted that maybe you forgot what this show sounded like the last few months of 2020. I I, I am just personality-wise never going to mesh with Donald Trump. I'm just not into that. Not my thing. Too much ego for me on that level. But dude, this show is a friggin' Trump super pack. The last couple, two, three months of 2020. Fair? Yeah. After spending most of 2020 asking him, dude, what the hell are you doing? It's kind of revisionist history. Some people are kind of out there forgetting that now. And I'm not entirely sure if... If everything you guys just presented to me, if that option were not on the table, I might have I might have been inclined to kind of repeat what I did at the end of 2020. But that but that's the point, isn't it? That option is on the table. It is. It is. And I think that probably this this inner dialogue that I'm having with myself right now that you guys are listening to explains why there's so much disdain with Trump and DeSantis from Trump and some of Trump's closest people. Because they know too. They know that there's another wing of our movement that I represent, meaning not me, but I'm like a part of that wing. People, There's people like me that if it weren't for Ron DeSantis, they would, they would be willing and much more willing to say, We've got to fight here for Trump and his legalities. We'll save number one for after the top of the hour. You guys have any thoughts on anything I just said the last few minutes? I just think it's remarkable that Ron DeSantis is real. If you were in the Trump trouble we talked about in in point three, and you had to say if you could contrive in a lab the situation you'd need to be your get-out-of-jail-free card, this would be it. Major state like Florida. Guy with a track record that's undeniable. Guy with family optics. Guy with service record, military. I mean, I don't... What would be done better than what what we have available to us in Ron DeSantis again, I, it, it's that's what's even more amazing than anything else. The fact that we're stuck in a Kobayashi Maru when we have this is like I talked about with COVID back 
back in 20... I, I told you, if we had to ask for a pandemic, this is the one we would have asked for. Because it didn't come after the kids. And yes, had we done nothing, we would have been better off than with what we did with lockdowns, the masks, and the jab. I'm right... I knew I was right then, I'm right now, but same, DeSantis, what would you have done better? What's missing from the guy? He's right there, America, take him. When we come back, I want to share a note I got from someone that I think you'll find interesting. And then we'll have the number one story and continue on with the year in review here in a moment. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with our final show of the year. That's right. You've made it to the bitter end. Don't quit now. Might as well go ahead and finish. You can brag about how much you endured to your friends later. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erz, and he's Aaron McIntyre. You are you. Let us know what you think about what we think. You can email the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, Me, We, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me uh, if you podcast the show uh, and leave us there a a five-star review. We'd like to find one of those from you, in fact. And thank you to all of you that have left us five-star reviews previously. And hit subscribe, or if you're listening via iTunes, it's follow these days. And that way... Every time we do a new show, it will show up in your feed every single time. And we thank all of you that have done those things for us as well. We are continuing on with our top 10 stories of the year. We have the number one story still to go. We'll get to that in a moment. And then we're going to take a look back at my crystal ball for 2023 and see just how embarrassing my predictions were. Okay. But I got an email from a guy and I've known this gentleman for several years. Um, he is, uh, he came in from out of state to do some, uh, some canvassing. He came in here to volunteer on his own a few months ago for the uh, DeSantis campaign. And, uh, he's knocking doors and canvassing right now. And he told me, he sent me a note this morning, actually. And he said, I have never seen anything like this. He goes at this point and, and understand it's it is it is possible that DeSantis campaign has knocked on more doors than any campaign in the history of the state of Iowa has. All right, it it's it's possible. And and this gentleman told me he goes, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this. He goes, I basically when someone answers the door, I can tell right away if they're voting for Trump or DeSantis just by their age. He said, this is the most, this is the starkest generational divide on the right I have ever seen. And he told, he told me, if a boomer answers the door, I know right away they're voting for Trump and they're not being moved. And if a millennial or Gen Xer answers the door right away, I know they're voting for DeSantis. They're not being moved. Because I've just never seen anything like this. I mean, this is a complete, just door to door, knocking doors. It's just, you can just tell by the age of the person answering the door whom they're going to vote for. 
Thoughts on that in light of what we were just discussing? Totally makes sense. So I've brought up this anecdote. It is an anecdote, an anecdote a couple of times, but I go to a church. It's the same church that Bob Vanderblatt attends. And uh, this church is primarily, I would say, 80%, 80-85% is young families. So between 20 and mid-40s with children still in the home. When Ron DeSantis came to our church, he didn't come to speak. He just came to attend with Bob. Same for, I think, Tim Scott and Vivek Ramaswamy when they attended with Bob. Ron and Casey were absolutely mobbed. I would say everybody, and to give you an, an indication of what our church's makeup is, we have a security team every Sunday. That's a wise thing to do. We have a security team. If the police officers who attend our church are not on the security team, we've probably got three or four police officers uh, in, the, in the room, in the sanctuary, every service. So non-security Non-police officers, I would guarantee between 20 to 30 guys every single service are probably packing. That's the kind of church that that I attend. Very, very conservative, like Sharia conservative, whatever the, ver- whatever the version of that is, and evangelical, it, whatever, the, whatever the exurb suburb version of that is in Iowa. That, that's the type of conservative. Ron and Casey were absolutely mobbed. Vivek kind of... I didn't even know Tim Scott was there. Bob told me afterwards that he was there. Very, very popular amongst that demographic. Very popular. That is an anecdote. I understand that. But I totally get it, and I, and I see that in my own family as well, uh, for, the, for the most part, and, and acquaintances in this state that I know of, is that there's very little budging, very little budging along generational lines. So I totally buy that. I get it, though, on the boomer side, too. I, I understand it. I do. It's, one, similar generation. I mean, one of the things I like about DeSantis is I think the country needs generational change. On the other hand, if you're a boomer conservative, you are very aware of how elements of your generation wrecked this country. You, you mean, like the counterculture to even you and I, Todd, is a... Is, is, we heard stories about this from our parents or have seen movies or shows about it. We didn't live through Woodstock, you know. Um, the boomers did. They, they, they are very well aware of what elements of their generation have done to the country. I, so I get this idea that this is your last chance to self-correct. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That this is the last chance to, for your generation to, you know, for, for you to try to fix what your generation, elements of your generation did. I get that. I get that. I don't necessarily agree with it. If I did, I'd, you know, I'd be supporting Trump in this primary instead. But I understand that the sense of urgency to feel like this is the last gasp of your generation to undo the damage that has been done over the course of your generation. But then use the tool that actually fixes the damage. Instead of like hammering away like a drunken monkey, which is what, you know, this is a, I, just because he's your guy, your age. I, I don't know. This is failed leadership. Uh, you know, I, if, it, if, 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 
if it's just age that is differentiating this, then 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 it is identity politics, and it's about something than uh, actual doing something that is objectively good, true, and beautiful. It's more about the show. I need it to happen on this channel. Hmm. All right. Number one story of the year, as selected by the two of you. Number one, Israel's 9-11. On October 7th, a series of coordinated and armed incursions occurred, led by Hamas terrorists from the Gaza Strip of neighboring Israeli territory. The attacks initiated the 2023 Israeli-Hamas war almost exactly 50 years after the Yom Kippur War began on the 6th of October in 1973. The attacks began in the early morning with a rocket barrage of at least 3,000 rockets, The attacks also included vehicle-transported and powered paraglider incursions. Hamas breached the Gaza-Israeli barrier, killing civilians in neighboring Israeli communities and attacking Israeli military bases. In a single day, 859 Israeli civilians and at least 350 Israeli soldiers and policemen were killed in nearby towns, kibbutzim, military bases, and at a music festival near Rayem. Around 250 Israeli civilians and soldiers were taken as hostages into the Gaza Strip, of whom about 30 were children. The October 7th terror attack on Israel was Israel's 9-11 many times over. Hmm. I think there are two immediate responses to this. Number one, the intelligence community and high command of Israel that is currently in charge must, must irrevocably destroy Hamas as a war machine threat and, and cannot stop until that occurs. Cannot stop until that occurs. They must do that. That's number one. And the, and the mission is not concluded until that is accomplished. And then number two, that exact same Israeli intelligence community and high command needs to face a reckoning for how it is possible that they were totally blindsided by this. Well, Steve, we were blindsided on 9-11. Yes, but we're not Israel. You know, we, we don't, we've been permitted to live as if well, you know, we've got these two oceans that make us impossible to invade. You know, other than the 20, uh, approximately 20 hijackers on 9-11, the, you know, the close, the, the, <laughs> that's the largest invading force we have seen on our shores since December 7th, 1941. That's the, that's the largest, put it this way. I mean, if, if we're talking, you know, if you want to get rid of like the Spanish-American War, you know, we were fighting over what parts of the of this landmass called North America would be assimilated in the U.S. and colonized or not by Mexico. <laughs> the 20-some-odd hijackers that attacked us on 9-11 are the largest invading armada that has been on the continuous, this continuous, because Hawaii's out, out, out there in the Pacific, here in, is it, is it here in, in the original landmass of the U.S. That's the largest invading armada we have faced since the War of 1812. In other words, we have lots of historical precedent for believing that we're untouchable to some degree. Israel's never had that. The day that it was announced as a nation by the UN Charter, May 15, 1948, five different Arab countries declared war that day. That day. There's never been a moment that, it, that extreme eternal vigilance was not a necessity for the nation of Israel. Never. 
It's not protected by oceans. It's a country the size of New Hampshire surrounded by a bunch of nations that have hated it for thousands of years. So the first thing that needs to happen is those in charge right now need to eradicate Hamas as a war machine, eradicate it. And then when they're done with that, that those exact same people in charge right now need to face a tribunal and a reckoning for how this was missed. Gentlemen, excellent job on those top 10 stories for 2023. Uh, thank you. But my last thought on that, it's also what this has done to reveal worldwide the people, the, how the words are violence people will turn around in the streets and say, kill the Jews after seeing the raping and burning of innocent civilians. Uh, it's, we, we, Steve, you did a tweet just yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, about just in the last month we've had uh, Satan statues in the Iowa Capitol. We've been swearing oaths on stacks of uh, porn, yeah. uh, s- sex inside the Senate chambers. And yep. then I add to that what I just said. The the words are violence. People yelling, uh, kill the Jews in the streets after seeing, uh, and feminists, after seeing women lined up and uh, getting raped before they're murdered. We're in trouble, folks. It's been a while since I've read The Last Battle in the Chronicles of Narnia series. Mm. But the Kellerman god Tash is the big bad. He is the he is the Satan figure in the in the in the Chronicles of, of Narnia. Again, it's been a while since I've since I've read that book, but if I remember correctly, Tash is depicted. His corporeal form is depicted of being just this hideous, hard to look at. If you can even look at this just kind of Tasmanian devil of chaos. This story, Israel's 9-11, it really, it, it really, I think, encapsulates what I think C.S. Lewis was maybe trying to, trying to encapsulate in Tash. Queers for Palestine. We've got the West, we've got anti-Semites on 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 campus. It's just all of the forces of Satan in this chaotic. There's there's no rhyme or reason about these coalitions. All they know is hatred. All they know is chaos. Mm-hmm. And that's all they cheer for. It is looking like it is is it it is as if you're looking upon the visage of Tash, if mm. I remember him correctly from that book again it's been a while since i've read it and i think it's appropriate obviously it is in my estimation the biggest story in the world uh this year but i do think it is even from a a worldview standpoint it is by far the just all of the tentacles that this thing touches um it is appropriate to be number one i'm kind of disappointed though that Members of the U.S. Congress are claiming aliens are real. And that didn't make you guys' list. No, it did not. We stood the line. We held the line. (laughs) You did not let go of the rope. Hold, hold! Yes. What's our show's position in 24 on this from now moving forward? Bodies or nothing. Bodies or nothing. We want to see bodies or nothing. That's right. All right. Now let's look back in a different way. Our very first show of the year 
per tradition on this show, I lay out my crystal ball picks of 10 predictions from various walks of life that I believe will occur in the new year. Are we ready to go back and look at these? I've not looked at these since January. Let's go. You, you still, still haven't seen still them? Haven't I still seen haven't. Them. Nope. Okay. See, this oh. is all I've got up. Is, okay. the, is the Blaze article that was published on January 6th. All right, our first day back. Okay. And I've not scrolled down to see what's coming up. Are we ready? Let's go. Are I you think, sure you would rather not talk about UFOs? <laughs> Are you not optimistic? Are not you, super. Okay, here we go. Number 10. One active member of Congress will come out as trans. That did not happen. After that aforementioned uh, sentiment, Senate video, I think I, I, I'm willing to give you points. I'll give you a half a point. Just for going there? I mean, we didn't have a member of Congress come out as trans. We did have a Senate staffer yeah. literally um, get sodomized yes. inside, the, the, inside the Senate building itself. That happened. That's what I'm saying. And I'll filmed give, it. Yeah. I'll give you half a point. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Look at me. It's Christmas after all. You guys have to be unanimous on a ruling. Is that worthy of a half a point, Aaron? No. Okay. I agree with you. It's not. But I do love the fact that just because it, I was willing to go there on that level of deviancy, even while being wrong, Todd wants to reward it yes. as a sign of the era. Do I get a point then? I have to tell you, I'm very surprised. <laughs> yes. yes. I, am, I, I am surprised this did not happen this year. I kind of am. I mean, what are we even doing here? By the way, remember, remember Madison oh, Cawthorn? Oh. Yeah. Well, did... Um, he was the, the North Carolina yeah. representative that got voted out, right? And uh, remember when he claimed that he had been recruited into orgies and that he basically said DC was a, yeah. was a Greco-Roman style of sex cult. That's basically what he said. Well, do we owe Madison Cawthorn an apology? And apparently, I think we kind of do. Thoughts on that? No. No, because he was part of it. <laughs> okay. Number nine, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will be the top grossing film at the box office. Now, I've not, it won't be that movie. I've not even looked to see what it is. Let me look at it right now. I thought you were the, nuts when you made this. Um, let I, me see. I have no idea what. Oh, what, it's going to be like Barbie or something, yeah, right? It's, yeah. I think it is Barbie, now that you mention it. The Barbie's the number one movie of the year. Yeah, it's number three. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the number three movie of the year. Barbie's number one. Super Mario Brother movie is number two. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is number four. Oppenheimer is five. Those are the top five movies. Uh, Little Mermaid is six. Uh, Avatar, which was released last year and made so much money because it was still in theaters in January and February, it made so much money in the first quarter, it is still the sixth the seventh highest grossing film of the year. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is number eight. John Wick 4 is number nine. Sound of Freedom is number 10. Mm. But it'll likely get overtaken by uh, Taylor Swift looking at the numbers. She's number 11 right now. So what do you think? I'm number three. Is that a half a point? I was close. No. No. You specified number one. So Aaron, you had said Aaron, top three. Aaron's over here like <laughs> soup Nazi. No. No. No, no, no soup, soup for you. you. No. 
That wasn't a crazy prediction, though. At least that one was in the ballpark. It was number three. It was at least in the ballpark. Um. Oh, boy. Oh, God. can we just skip number eight? Can we just? <laughs> nope. Okay. Uh, the Buffalo Bills would beat the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's... That's kind of off. Aaron? I'll give you a half one. No, I'm not. You're not even going to jump in on both. <laughs> you should give me a half. No. They both made the playoffs half a point. Not going to correct the who record did, on who, who yeah. did? Who did win those Super yeah, Bowls this year? Like, don't let that low-hanging fruit go. Who, who did do that? Um, I can see already indoctrinating that poor Sonny Ears already, showing up with his little Kansas City Chiefs hoodie. Yeah. Which was freaking adorable, by the way. <laughs> it's hard. To, his head, is, his noggin is so huge, it's hard to get that thing off of him. But he does like it. Yeah, yeah, I got this one way wrong. This one was not even close. So we're over three. And number seven is not looking good. Number seven, Putin doesn't survive yeah, the year. I thought you were going to be wrong on this one too. And yeah, this is uh man. I don't remember a time when you've been started off zero for four. This is this is looking rough. Ooh. This last year was one of the best years we've ever had. This is looking like it might be the worst year we've ever had. I mean, old Vlad is uh, riding pretty high right about right yeah. now. I mean, he did have health scares. He did uh, have a heart attack. Apparently, we were told. I don't know what's true and what's not. But. Well, there, there supposedly no, was a, a, it was an, a, a coup attempt. No, that guy's dead. That guy's dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he did have a heart attack. So I should get like a half a point. He did have oh. a heart attack. He had a heart oh, attack. No, That's I'm close. No, I'm going to ride this out and see if we can go for 10. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I'm at a no. Because I don't even know if the heart attack yep. thing is true. Yep. Do we even know if it's true he's alive? So no. I could be right. We don't even know that it's true Schrodinger, he's alive. Schrodinger's Putin. Don't beg. It's not a good color on you. Don't beg. <laughs> oh, that was good. Okay. So we are now 0 for 4. Number 6. Number five, number four, number three, <laughs> number six. China reaches the fork in the road. Either the current regime invades Taiwan or a younger, more Gorbachev-like faction will rise to power. No. No. Nope. Nothing there. Not much. That's good. No. That's a, this there. is one of your um, emotional hedges, though. I mean, that, that would have been bad, right? So that's... Uh... That's uh Oh for five. Man, halftime speech. You gotta regroup. Indeed. You know what I need is I need here's what I need. I need somebody to advance scout my predictions. That's what I need. I need somebody like via satellite who's like, you know, on their cell phone taping what's happening around the world so they can then feed them to me so that I have a better opportunity to uh, accurately make predictions because this is this is not going well. Okay, uh, number five. Riots will be planned in Florida to try to disrupt Ron DeSantis' second term as Florida governor and his looming presidential run. Not true yet. I think very, very possible. I predicted as a 
already predicted just like last week uh, surprises that I think are imminent, but no, 0 for 6. Looking back on all of these wrong ones now, this is the one I should have known right away. Don't. Because homeboy's not, he's not tolerating this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Meaning that these would go on for maybe a night. Well, but you have you have a lot of personal knowledge now that you did not have True. a year ago. True. A year ago, he I never a, even met the man. He was just, he was kind yeah. of a, you know. You have proof of concept now. That's, that's true. True, but. So I'm, I'm not blaming you for being wrong back then, but you were wrong. Yeah, but we did see what happened. You know, their George Floyd funerals in Florida were a lot different than the George Floyd funerals almost everybody mm-hmm. else had. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Their their midterm election in 2022, and not just the results, but the process was a lot different than the 2022, or I'm sorry, the 2020 uh, election that uh, a lot of other people had, right? Sure. So there was already some proof of concept that uh, homie wasn't going to play that. But that just, you know, we're going to... We're going to shut some of those funerals down right away. You know, we're going to, we're not, I'm not even going to scream law and order here in Florida. We're just going to show it to you. I, I probably should have known right away that that was not going to go down. Home Slice was just not going to put up with that. Can we go over 10? Number four. It's a good yard sign. Home Slice ain't playing. <laughs> The Florida grand jury will, at a minimum, recommend fraud charges against Pfizer and Moderna. Now, I believe this is coming. The grand jury has a one-year commission, and it was commissioned last January. So, it could literally be any day now that this could happen. They they have to issue a report within a year. And, and that year... De- that year deadline. In fact, I'm going to look it up while you guys tell me that I'm wrong again. When was Florida? I mean, at the time that you're hearing this, which is the 22nd, you know, there's still, what, nine more days of 2023 left. So we could go back ipso facto yeah. for expo uh, facto. Yes, we will go back it because this is so important. And quite frankly, if this ends up being true, I'd be willing to consider giving you 10 points, even you end up going 0 for 10 on this one. But I think it's likely it won't happen in the calendar year. I mean, I think there is, you want to, you give me more show, Ron DeSantis. I wouldn't be surprised if this comes out a little bit closer to caucus, caucus timing. So it can't get lost in the holidays and that it is a bring springboard when the caucus vote comes here in several weeks. So the grand jury was it was approved on December the 22nd. I don't know when it convened, though, but I just know it was shortly thereafter that. I was, and, and it had a, it's got a one-year deadline to submit a report. So we are literally talking any day now is mm-hmm. what we're talking about. All right. Not See, even, at, th- at this point, I don't want just a half a point. No. You because can't it, have it. because good, I don't want it. I won't even request <laughs> it because it's a little bit like when we went all those years when our only win against Ohio State was the year they had an interim coach, which just was even more insulting. Like I would have rather just oh, lost that game oh, than have that be our Michigan only win. Analogy, <laughs> yes, because I never have those. 
Everybody at home just like, again. <laughs> I wish I had Sarah Gonzalez's eggnog. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I'm not putting money in the swear jar like she does. Yeah. <laughs> no, but at this point, it would be insulting to just have a half. You know what I mean? So at this point, it's got to be, yes. you know, the whole, all, I don't, yes. I don't, I would rather be 0 for 10 at and the no, end than half no. of the 5 for 10. Okay. Well, you were fine up now. You're just like, you're trying to Jesus juke this whole no, thing. No, I mean, I would rather, a, I you're would, trying to find a win in total desperation and loss, and we're not going to let you have it. Aaron, read the next one. Number three, <laughs> Trump will become the clear underdog in the GOP presidential primary. <sighs> don't. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh. So much losing. <laughs> Here's the thing: we don't know that this isn't true. See, I was about to say that. Yeah. Uh, what, what? What? All right. Let's be let, let's let's be serious for a second. I hear people say all the time, "DeSantis is down by 50 points." I mean, is there a game going on? Are we keeping score? Do you know? How how would we what what would be the measure we would determine that DeSantis is down by fifty points? Games, yeah. Is is, is, is anybody voting? Like when when like when they like like in like in in you know your Chiefs are I believe nine point favorites against the Patriots. They're not going to win by nine. Okay. Well, you would. But, but so so when, so are the Patriots already down nine points? Like when the no. game starts. When the game starts, is there a nine in front of the Chiefs before when they kick off at, at Foxborough? No. You alluded to this uh, earlier. So you, you thought a different primary game was going to be played. You yes. thought these guys would debate. So it, yes. it, and that would have been the way because you also knew there wouldn't be a vote before then. But that would have been it. It didn't happen though. So it's it's. It's zero. Now, that being said, I, I, I don't believe Trump is the clear underdog in the race. Just right. looking at things I can tangibly quantify. Right. But, but if I were to ask people, how would you know that, that, that he is the heavy favorite? They would all point to something that right. is not tangible. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a problem, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of do too. All right, we'll come back with two more. You better rally. <laughs> I probably won't. Just going to warn you now. Stay tuned. Steve Day Show. Nothing brings back warm Christmas memories like the songs and carols you love. And only Pericarditis and his MRNAs have all your favorite holiday songs in one non-random controlled study. It's beginning to look a lot like a Vax Pass to get into anywhere you go. From inspiring hymns like Oh, Holy Spike the protein bloodstream traveling because they lied and it don't stay in your arm. Oh, little town of Wuhan, we can't believe you lied. You're run by creeps who should be put to sleep. Those bats, they don't live nearby. Two traditional Christmas classics such as The twelfth decade of lockdowns, my true lord's gave to me. Absolutely freaking nuts. 
songs to lighten the mood. Grandma got run over by a Cuomo. He left her to die in an infected nursing home. I really can't stay. Baby, it's COVID stand. I really must go. Can't, baby, it's COVID stand. I saw mommy masking Santa Claus because the CDC said so last night. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell palsy. If you dare get that booster, then you sure are ballsy. And of course, we remember the reason for the season. Ouchie, did you know that your virus would someday wreck the world? Fauci, did you know that your science doesn't know what's a boy or a girl. It came upon Anthony Fauci, a sulfuric presence of old. From demons deep within the earth, who knew that his soul was sold. But that's not all. This collection has so much more to offer, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Redfield, All I Want for Christmas is My Fifth Vaccine, Deck Rochelle with Facts and Data, Whitmer Wonderland, Little Jabber Boy, Have Yourself a Little Waning Efficacy, Happy Christmas, This is Never Over, and more. All this can be yours for a high, high price we can't name yet because inflation. But don't let that stop you from this once-in-a-lifetime collection. Call now at 1-900-666-VAX to order. Only available while supply chains last. Must be double-masked when you call. Again, that's 1-900-666-VAXX. All right, back here. It's our final segment of the year here on the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. 0 for 8. I have never been 0 for 8 before. Never. I mean, I, I went back and looked last year. I had 7. You guys gave me a 7 out of 10 last year. Never been 0 for 8 before. This is nuts. Okay. But here we are. Two more left in the crystal ball to see if I come up with anything at all. Number Choke two. up on the bat a little bit. Put it in play. I'm choking, all right. <laughs> <laughs> You are watching some choking. That is occurring, in fact. Number two, major names will leak from Epstein's black book. This did happen. There were accounts that did leak some names from Epstein's black book. I actually tweeted them out when these leaks occurred. This did happen. This did. Yeah, did it? Uh, 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 who, who was who? doing the reporting? It's in my Twitter feed. May, that there, so you're uh, reporting this? No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I am reporting that I got this correct. No, there were major names that leaked from Epstein's Black Book this year. Who? Cool. 
I'd go. I can go back in my Twitter feed and find out if you want. But wouldn't we, wouldn't we know the major names? Yeah. Yeah. What? I've. I'd give you all the points if you had one point by now. But as we're going to make sure you earn this. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. There were. I retweeted this from earlier this year. Um. I know. I know. Fred Trump was in there. Uh, I know that's, that he was in there. That's not a major I, name. I, the, the president's brother it's isn't not, a major name. No. I didn't RFK, know. RFK Jr. is in there. Uh, he actually even admitted in an interview that he was on Epstein's jet long before anybody knew who he was or what he was up to. Yeah, but th- um, this was in the spirit of like... Earth shattering. It was number two, gravitational, world, yes. like... Yeah, there's. I don't I don't think we can do this. I mean, Aaron? I, no. Th- I'm going to, over break, I'm going to go back and pull out my tweets from that era, and you guys are to give me this point. I don't know. As of now, the public needs to know that. Remember, one man, one vote yesterday? Oh, how the tables have turned. I'm doing an advanced search. Screw you guys. I'm doing an advanced search right now of Epstein and my Twitter feed right this minute, okay, to go back and find this. Yeah, the FBI is not going to do anything with that, are they? <laughs> right now, the management at the Blaze is like, no! <laughs> but let's click search anyway. Yes. Come at me, bro. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, stuff in my feed from 2022, 2019. 2022. Here's me lamenting why we have to have visitors to Epstein's Island like uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz as our as our legal experts on the right. Like there's no other options. We have to use people that were crap. I can't find it. I'm going to find this. Okay. I am going to find this and you guys... answer is less than zero. You guys are going to give me this point. Okay. Maybe we won't know until the new year, but as of now, zero. Crap. All right, we don't have time. But over break, I'm going to find this and come back retroactively and get this point because this might be the only point I'm getting this year. Okay. Let's see. You might be able to save yourself right now. Then we won't have to worry about that. Number one. The nefarious movie will finally yeah. come out and will turn a profit. There you go. <laughs> this is, uh, hey, you want another Michigan football analogy? This is East Carolina kicking a field goal at the end of the game. To yes, save it is. Out. That's exactly what it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly this. Like, Although this was except more Except that's than a, more of an East Carolina analogy. Yeah. Although yes. this one is a bit more of an accomplishment than kicking a field goal in a college football. True. Very hey, true. Man, Very is, true. But This is a worthy save. I mean, this wasn't just some schmuck flipping a coin a year ago. I mean, you had to put in the, the sweat equity on this one. Some <sighs> demonic uh, disturbances were involved. They'll give you this point. That's a hard-earned point. Let me let me now explain to you just how little I am looking forward to trying to do this again for next year. This will not be easy next year, not 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 easy whatsoever. And uh, 
I guess as a whole, I am not looking forward to next year. I told you I'm not on this show. I'm looking. Last I'm looking year. forward to March third or thereabouts next year. I told when, you not when to autumn do it again. is scheduled to arrive. Our first grandbaby. Other than that, that is literally the only thing in 2024 well, I am looking forward to. Told you last year not to do the predictions again because we knew it was you did. Good. I did. I forgot about that. You did. And you tell said me no. That. That's what we do. It's tradition. And, and I, just I didn't want to punk out. I said you're you're going to start staring in this mouth of madness sooner or later and ends badly. I, I suggest the same thing to you again, and I'm not even kidding. I wouldn't even do it. As entertaining as it was to see you almost go 0 for 10, I, w- I would not even do it because you're dealing with forces you can't understand, nor, nor can any of us. See, this just really motivates me to want to try it again. Yeah, no. <laughs> now I'm like, well, screw it, man. I'm doing it tomorrow. Okay. As soon as I get home. See, if you looked at me and said, I know you can do a lot better than this. You're better than this. I'd be like, eh, maybe I'm not. <laughs> But since you told me not to do it, I'm like, I'm doing this as soon as we get home today. Yes. No, but in all seriousness, the point that you just raised is very true. It, it, We are dealing with forces now that don't operate within necessarily our natural laws of things, but aren't even really natural even in and of themselves, right? That's kind of what you're alluding to? Yeah. Look at yeah. what a heavy lift you had to do this year. To get one point. You had to make your own movie (laughs) just to get a point. (laughs) How far do you think you're going to have to go next year? Yeah. I know. I know. And I just... I mean, just... I mean, I'm I'm just sitting here, you know, just looking at people's reaction to me on my Twitter account just for simply asking. I don't understand why... You know, Rudy Giuliani didn't present the evidence of election fraud at his defamation trial in Georgia. And Rudy is claiming that, well, you know, I wasn't I wasn't permitted to. I'll take him at his word for that. I didn't follow that trial daily, you know. But my feed is full of people saying that I'm I I, you know, I deny that the election wasn't stolen. I mean, I, I was literally one of the very first people on the planet who said the election was being stolen. I, I, I said it right as it was happening, live on the air on the blaze, starting with what occurred in Antrim County, Michigan, with the voting there. Yeah, I mean, and I not could, based on just some right ideological. It wasn't the outcome. It wasn't the outcome like, that I'm I looking wanted. at this math, yep. these numbers. It doesn't add up. I've Correct. been doing this for a while. Correct. I mean, I can't. How many times, Aaron, have we been censored, banned? How much money have we lost? Of whether it is my willingness to give a platform to people who challenge the January 6th narrative, my willingness to challenge the election 2020 narrative. I mean, I've, I've taken food off my own table. I've taken food off Todd and Aaron's tables to talk about these issues that, frankly, Trump pays other people to talk about on his behalf. I don't get paid to talk about them. It only costs me money, actually. I'd make more money if I didn't. I get the worst of both worlds. I'm not getting paid by Trump to talk about him like other people are. And I take money off my own table when I do. Look at the polls, Steve. Look at the polls. Yes, indeed. Look at them. Yes. Behold the polls. Are we ready for our video of the year? Yeah. And now, our video of the year for the year of our Lord, 2023. 
Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water. And nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. Hey, we've got another coincidence over here. If we want to operate at the speed of science, there's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves but not the wrong kind of attention, at Kaufman. Schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciency sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. Official medical coincidence partner of the NFL. <laughs> That comes courtesy of the glorious American. And that is our video clip of the year for obvious reasons. And it's saying something. That came out very early in the year. It was in January, I think. And there's been a lot of material since then. And it held up this entire time. Well done. Good and faithful. Because nothing has, uh, to me, both in terms of the quality of the production, but the message that is stated. I mean, it's... It's the embodiment of the era in which we live. Yeah. And it's, we talk about watching old movies and do they, do they hold up? That holds up more even now than it did when you made it. Indeed. Knowing what we know yes. now. And you know, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to, yeah, should I say this? Why not? There's a lot of people that are going to laugh at that, but you're kind of, some of you are doing your version of this. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I've got to vote for the guy for president who did all this and is unrepentant and unremorseful for it. Why is that much different than what we're talking about here? Right. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't, let's not, let's not ask anything of him at all. Let's not, why is that any different? At least Dana White got a hundred million to, you know, at least Dana White got a hundred million to get cognitive dissonance from when it came to Bud Light. That, that's the other thing, the Trump thing that does bother me is no, no demand at all that, that he come clean on this. When it, he's got every incentive to do so. Every incentive to do so. Final thoughts here, gentlemen, before we say goodbye. And then we're going to stick around for the overtime and do our best and worst of the year. I'm not sure if, if I enjoy or loathe looking back on the year that was. I think I more enjoy it more than anything um, because it's looking back. And we've got a buffer zone before we have to look forward <laughs> to 2024. Uh, it's always just... 
it's enjoyable to kind of jog the mind of, of what this year was from the big pictures and, and get down to some of the details as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people need Jesus in this world. And whether we laugh or cry about that, I think the truth remains the same. Indeed. Very well said. You guys have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas, Steve. All of you have a great Christmas as well. Enjoy it, because next year will not be fun. So enjoy the holidays. Love you all. God bless you. John 317.